Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning, but before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for who you are, God. We thank you that you see all things and you know all things, Lord. Nothing's hidden from your sight, God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you have sent to guide us into all truth and show us things to come, Lord. We thank you for the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, who shed it on the cross, Lord, for the remission of our sins, God, that we could be covered and cleaned and sanctified in your sight, Lord. We thank you for your holiness, Lord. We thank you for raising up leaders that have hearts after you, God, as your servant David was, Lord, so are they. Lord, we thank you for Israel as our older brother, God, and we thank you for the United States of America, that you're saving countries, Lord, and you're saving people in them, God, and drawing them unto you, Lord. So we thank you for our partners and our listeners, Lord, and we ask you to continue to bless them, Lord, keep them, Lord, cause them to grow and flourish. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. And yes, thank you to all those that have joined us and especially those that have partnered with us in the work of the ministry to build the Lord's house and to preach and teach the gospel throughout the four corners of the earth. We thank you for your, again, for partnering with us, for supporting this ministry and participating with us in fulfilling the Lord's work. And we are blessed by your prayers. Of course, by sewing into the ministry and also by liking the episode, subscribing on this and every platform you can find a day of prayer on and by sharing the episodes with others. So they too can be, excuse me, so they can be blessed and most importantly, grow in relationship with our Lord and Savior. I'd just like to thank each and every one of you. Yeah. And now we are going to get into the word because that is the real reason we're here, right? Amen. Yes. So let's get into this. This morning, we are going to, I'll say, reread Acts 8, verses 9 through 25. So can I get a volunteer to cover that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. But there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. To whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had not fallen, up, he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that, through the laying on the on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. 
You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this, your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me that none of the things which ye have spoken may come upon me. So when they had testified and preached the word of God, word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So at this time, the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and of course to ask any questions that you have. So, who'd like to begin? Me. All right, brother. <laughs> um, just as we were reading in, in verse 11, the word amazed uh, stood out to me, so quickly I went to what resource? The interlinear. Yes. And... Um, you know, is to astonish, to be astonished, amazed, or to be out of mind, to be mad, as in crazy mad, right? Mm -hmm. And I just thought about that, and I went, wow, um, isn't that really what we are? We are out of our minds when we're amazed by something that a person does? Because doesn't our amazement belong to the Lord? Because even if a person has done something that is astonishing it is only because the lord has created him and that he has that to do that if it's a good astonishing thing yeah it only comes from the lord yes that's what i meant yeah, yeah obviously mm -hmm. i mean you know, you know mm -hmm. yeah there, there are some uh, magicians i see that do things that are like i wonder where their power comes from mm -hmm. it doesn't right. seem to be coming from the lord it's it's I get, it, I get it checking my spirit i can't even watch some of these mm -hmm. magicians it's like mm -hmm. absolutely like, but i just thought it was just interesting that we are out of our minds when we're amazed by something, really even, you know, for anything, right? If, if we were amazed because somebody was using demonic forces, right? Even that, right? Because God did create everything, right? Even those forces wouldn't exist had it not been for God. God deserves the glory for everything, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. And to give, to give anybody any glory or to be amazed by anything that anyone does really does mean we're out of our minds. <laughs> so just something to ponder, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I like how you bring that up because I'll say both aspects of it one because we see that we even in scripture right look at moses and pharaoh and with the plagues there were i believe three plagues initially that pharaoh's magicians and sorcerers could i'll, I'll say replicate to an extent to, God to an extent always superseding absolutely and did. and you demonstrate that even with the the serpents when they threw their rods or staffs down and there were serpents but the lords consumed them literally swallowed them and then you know, continued, but by, I believe it was around plague number three, they could no longer replicate <laughs> anything that the Lord was doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's always that, I'll say, piece or aspect of, like you were saying, of watching ourselves, checking with the Holy Spirit, what is this? Where is it coming from? Right? Mm -hmm. Especially when we, as we're preparing ourselves for, for the end times, right? Uh, we are, I believe, in the end time harvest season. But there is also the end time, and you know you read in scripture about the tribulation, the great tribulation, and, and those times where it is incredibly, I'll say, hard to stand for those that have not stood, right, in their faith. So we are preparing ourselves, and there's the other aspect with that of it says in scripture that if the antichrist could, that he would deceive 
even the very elect. Mm-hmm. And, and I paraphrase that slightly, right? But the only way we cannot be deceived is by checking in with the Lord, right? That Jesus is the last Adam. So let's let everything pass by before him. And whatever he says, whatever he calls it, whatever he says about it, that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. it. Because his word is truth. He's not a man that he can lie. So, and and it should be easy to get, you know, to that place where we can just trust the Lord. But, however, it's not always, right? That That's a choice to continually bring those things before him to, to I'll say, build up a, a pattern, a habit in our life of being able to trust the Lord in everything. So it may start with small things in your life, but like anything else, continually give him greater and greater things. Put them at his feet or in his lap, in his hands, and allow him to to have it and teach you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's also scripture that says we have the mind of Christ. Amen. So we have this. It's not a far off thing that we have to go get, right? That's in First Corinthians two sixteen, right? Who has now known the mind of the Lord to as so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. If you're a believer, you already possess these things. They've already been freely given to you. But now we have to, I'll say, actually use it. Mm-hmm. Apply. <laughs> use his mind, right? David asked for that. Hey, Lord, teach me your ways and your thoughts so that I may know you. That's part of being conformed to the image of Christ, right? To be like Christ. Mm-hmm. To think the way he does. To to act, to respond, to exhibit his nature, character, and attributes in our lives, in every aspect of it. And that's why he's given us the Holy Spirit, to take from the Father and disclose it to us so that we are not deceived. Mm-hmm. And Dean, you mentioned that God created everything, and he absolutely did, but he didn't create anything to be ungodly or wicked. Mm-hmm. Now, God gives gifts without repentance. When he gives us something, he gives it to our choice, Right. Now, humans have a right and an ability to choose. Angels have an ability, but not a right to choose. That's why there's no redemption in the blood of Jesus for angels. It is only for mankind. So while God created Lucifer, he didn't mean for him to be wicked. He didn't mean for him to be a deceiver. He didn't mean for that. um, That was not God's intention, but that was what Lucifer chose to do, is to get outside of God's divine order. And then in that became corrupted and in that now operates from his own source, not God's source, but his own source. That's what um, I believe it. John chapter 10 tells us. Um, He's a liar from the beginning. And when he speaks, he speaks from his own nature. That's or right. His native tongue. And of course, God is not a liar. You just spoke about that. Mm-hmm. Where's that scripture promise? God is not a man that he should lie. Does anybody know? Oh, numbers 23. 23- 19. All right. So because God is not a liar, he does not produce liars. And the fact that we see the devil performing and working as a liar or lying signs and wonders, we know that does not come directly from God, but it was a, has been a twisting and a tainting of something that God created in a good form. He did, he made creation and he said, it's good. Now, when creation leaves its stance, that becomes a problem. It's, it's 23, 19. Not 16. Close. Oh, he You're said 19, baby. Oh, did he? Okay, I heard 16. My apologies. It's okay. <laughs> he said 19. All yeah, right. Go ahead, honey. I don't, I'll just... Uh, 
No, that's that's good. Thank you, sir. Thank you for correcting me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just heard the wrong thing, I guess. No, so. that's okay. You know, that's... And they... We were talking about that scripture because we, that's a part of our daily confession to remind us there, there is a spirit of deception in the world. And those who are being deceived are those who are available to deception. Right? The people, we, I think we kind of touched on this in one of the previous podcasts, they enjoyed being amazed, but they didn't enjoy the oppression that came from them being under another God, under anything other than the redemption that comes in Jesus Christ. But when the preaching of faith and the, and the name and the word of the Lord Jesus Christ came, then they're like, okay, this, this can bring life to me. And they transitioned from that. And even the, um, what's his name, Simon? Mm-hmm. Yes. He transitioned, but he tried to bring the world's ways with him. He tried to keep the, keep the hold, keep a little power with this transition, and they don't go together, which is why... The Apostle Peter responded the way he did. You cannot take the things of the world and then just cover it with a God blanket and say it's going to be okay. It doesn't work that way. What fellowship does the kingdom of light have with the kingdom of darkness? What fellowship do we as children of God have with Bilal or the devil? Um, Can you read that scripture for me? I'll have to find it. I know what you're talking about where it says, uh, how can one drink from both the cup of angels and of demons? Um, Let's get that. That might be two different um, places, but let me look that up real quick. Mm. So in between there, Dean, did you have something else you wanted to say? No, that was just, like I said, just something that just caught my attention and mm-hmm. love digging into the, to the words. It's uh, So that scripture is 1 Corinthians 10, 21. Um, says you cannot drink the cup of the lord and the cup of demons you cannot partake of the table of the lord and the table of demons amen and then second corinthians chapter 6 says this do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness mm-hmm. and what communion has light with darkness and what accord has christ with belial or what part has a believer with an unbeliever and what agreement has the temple of god with idols For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, and I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Amen. What was the reference on that? The second one, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14. um, And you could read all the way down to the end of the chapter, verse 18. Mm -hmm. You know, honey, there there was something you said about, um, I'll, I'll try to rephrase it or paraphrase it about um the signs and the wonders right they mm-hmm. the children of israel love to see the miracles right uh, but as you were saying that um i was reminded of the lord he's like hey, yeah a wicked generation looks for a sign and actually if we if we really study out the especially the old testament they're constantly looking for a sign right even in isaiah right uh, oh lord that you would rend the heavens and come down and all right and all these things always looking for a great and mighty deliverance. And Romans 10 tells us you don't need to say who's going to descend down into the deep to bring Christ up from the dead or right. ascend into the heavens to bring him down. The exactly. word is not you and even in your mouth. In your mouth and in your heart. That's right. right? So, so there's the other aspect of knowing what's right to do. And, and yes, 
I'm not saying you can never ask the Lord for a sign. Or confirmation. Right. That, that's more appropriate exactly. for the believer is to ask for confirmation now versus asking for something you can see with your eyes. That's a big difference. Confirmation and mm-hmm. a sign. A sign is typically what you can rest your eyes upon. It's akin to what the um, disciple Thomas said to the Lord. I will not believe unless I see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to poke my fingers here. I'm going to shove my fist there. And unless I can do these things to you, God, and see it with my eyes, I will not believe. But confirmation from the Holy Spirit is an inward witness. Mm-hmm. It is the Lord. Um, he can confirm it in different ways, but it's not you resting upon your natural eyes. God, you got to prove it to my eyes before I believe you. So that, that that's a distinguishing marker in those two things. Right. But to continue that, that mm-hmm. thought, right, Why? what was the point and purpose of this sign? And if you look, it was majority of the time because they were, they were in some kind of dire situation there was they were either in captivity or there was you know pestilence or whatever there was a, a lot of horrific things happening so they were looking for the lord to deliver them where what the, that was the result of their heart not being towards the lord right so we see the same or a very similar thing here with simon the sorcerer where the the heart of the issue was literally his heart. At the core of it, it was his heart. His heart was not towards the Lord. He was looking for the power, wanted to see all this great and mighty signs and works and wonders, miracles, with his heart in opposition to the Lord. He just wanted to be the possessor of the power where he should have known, and, and this goes for, for the children of Israel, goes for even us today, especially us today. We should have our heart toward the Lord not be in opposition towards him, which is what leads us in captivity and puts us in a place where now we're dependent, solely dependent upon the Lord, moving in a mighty and miraculous way. There are, he, I mean, he's given it to us in his word, his instructions, right? Uh, there's the acronym for Bible, right? Basic instructions before leaving earth, right? Before returning to the heavenly community from which we came. Mm-hmm. how to act, right? How to be conformed to the image of Christ in our, our daily lives, every aspect and moment of our day, how we should carry and conduct ourselves, letting the Lord's light shine in and through us, being the salt and light upon the earth as he commanded us. Mm-hmm. So we can't do that apart from him. So our heart has to be towards him. And isn't that, is that not the first and greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Our heart has to be towards the Lord. There are the, the daily things that we should be doing because it is righteous and right to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a key difference here. And I think this is important and it's, it's timely for the moment in the season that we're in always because... The coming of and the reappearing of our Lord and Savior will happen as a twinkling of an eye. It's something that's going to be very quick and you don't have time to go, Lord, forgive me, and try to be there before, you know, as the trumpet's being sounded or, you know, all of the things that God will bring forth with that. There is a difference when we see the Great Commission. The Lord says, go out and preach the gospel, right? And he says, these signs will follow those who believe. That's very different than seeking a sign, saying there's a sign in front of me and I'm going towards it. 
that's very different. We're not to follow the signs because we know the Antichrist is going to come with lying signs and wonders. And if you're relying on the signs to tell you who God is, you're going to be misled. You're going to be deceived. If you read the scriptures, take a look all the way throughout. There are lying signs and wonders that will come from the Antichrist. And Jesus said in the gospels, he said, they're going to tell you he's out in the field. They're going to tell you he's over here. He's over there. And he said, do not go because the people that are looking to follow a sign are going to miss what the Holy Spirit is witnessing in the heart of the believer. But when you are doing what God called you to do, he said, the signs will follow you because he will be confirming his word that he is with you. You look at the apostles, what they're doing after they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, they weren't going there because there was a sign. They were the ones preaching the gospel and the Holy Spirit was bringing the signs with them and behind mm -hmm. them and following the preaching of the gospel. It wasn't the other way around. So as we move forward in our life, when we have that desire, like, Lord, we want to see you move miraculously, there, there's nothing in and of itself that's particularly wrong with that. But if you have your mind focused on the sign versus the pleasing of the Lord versus the obeying of the command to preach the gospel, versus the leading of the Holy Spirit, you're going to start veering off and you're seeking the sign versus seeking the one who gives the sign. Amen. And that will be the distinguishing and determining factor of whether or not you're going to be led away. You're going to be drawn away by other things. Teachers that, oh, this teacher, this looks like they're doing signs. I got to go over here and listen. This one is doing that and the other. When God is saying, I'm right here, draw near to me, not me, Kamisha, but me, the Holy Spirit, the true and living God, and drink from his living water, commune and fellowship with his Holy Spirit, because he will teach you all things and he will guide you into all truth. And when you want to be used by God and be a vessel unto the Lord, submit to the Holy Spirit and he will make sure it comes to pass. Peter wasn't going around roaming to see somebody he could do a miracle on. He wasn't roaming around looking for miracles to happen, to know which way he should go. He was listening to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we read about um, Philip in the previous chapter. Mm -hmm. He was led by the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit. That is what brought the signs and the wonders and the miracles. Holy Spirit brings that. Not any any person. We cannot generate it of ourselves, And it is not ours to control. It belongs to Holy Spirit. So just keeping that, distinct, that distinction, the signs will follow the believer. Not the believer, follow the signs. Mm -hmm. Amen. I know there's a lot in there. Um, there. There's a lot, and a lot f for the listeners to search over, search the scriptures to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to. So we're going to pause there for today and give each of us and the listeners time to to process and, and to understand what the, what the Spirit is saying mm -hmm. and speaking to each of us. Amen. And one more thing, if that sign is pointing you to Jesus Christ, oh, okay, man. the distinguishing factor, or is it pointing you to the man or person themselves? That, that's a huge, That's going to yes. be on the Antichrist deal as well. Amen. So, choose Christ. Choose Amen. life. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And uh, with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, I just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us your word, Lord, and just showing us the way to go, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for giving us understanding of the word, Lord, and making it where you're giving us the Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a Day of Prayers morning Bible study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.